Hello, welcome to Solomon's Garden Party. Where are the GD Garden Lanterns? If you get that one, you get a three bonus points. And the answer is Dennis the Menace. Well, I recently uh, took a look at uh, Jorge Luis Borges' famous short story, The Garden of Forking Paths, or I guess The Garden of Infinite Forking Paths. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, the, the basic um, plot within that is there's like this Chinese spy and he's trying to get information on where this artillery park is so that you know the English can effectively attack it and blow it up um, and this is World War one or two probably I guess probably one I don't know at any rate um, doesn't matter <laughs> there's this artillery park and so he's spying and he tries to get this information and um, he's being pursued because he got found out, you know, that, that he's a spy and there's Captain Madden on the German end trying to hunt him down. So there's this sense in the story that he has to flee and there's this German after him, but he's re reminiscent of his great grandfather writing this novel that's like a labyrinth. And apparently he had also dropped out of his position of power to be just a novelist and this person creating this maze. And that's pretty weird uh, to do, but it also kind of puts um, a light on the importance of, of doing what you want to do and revealing to yourself what you believe is important. C.U. Penn had given up uh, power to, to write this novel and create this maze, and he spent 13 years doing it, uh, before being assassinated by a stranger. And so around this, there, there's this very weird esoteric and uh, self-negating, self-promoting, weird, changeable sense of being that's going on through this situation. Just the whole situation of being a double agent and trying to prove to an enemy that you are with them kind of suggests that yourself is self-negating because all you're doing when you're playing sports is you're playing sides, but it's all just one side playing it itself. It's a split in your own sensibility of response to yourself because you're not really on either side of anything ever. You're just one collective thing. An interesting way of uh, approaching all of reality because is that how all of reality is? Is it uh, a dualistic point? And is it an idea that we that we fixate upon forking path, we go down a path, we reject what we don't go down. And part of the idea here was that you can choose all of them at once somehow. And there's sort of a, a sense of being uh, unselective, even though the whole idea of personhood and time as you make decisions requires a sort of negation of what you don't select. It's said in there that, uh, Tzu Penn's idea that infinite realities are created as people face decision points. Each decision creates a new path, and the outcomes of those decisions create more opportunities for choices that split into their own paths. So in a way, there's, there's always a different choice that you can have, but you reject what you don't select, but you can go back and select, and then you reject that. So almost what is it in the personality, really, when you do this, when you split reality up and start walking paths, 
it seems to be a um, a very tightly meshed amalgam of possibility that you can keep selecting over time. Like the amount of continuity uh, and and potentiality with making decisions, if that's even possible, that you could even make these things. That is that the only way things manifest is just through tons of possibility. That every possibility could be permitted. Every option is constantly maintained, and yet you could only be at single points, and that there must be many possibilities and many people at single points at all times. There are countless men in the air, at sea, and on land, and all that really happens, happens to me. So in a sense, there's tons of people in the military project, all these agents acting according to their agency. And yet, the suggestion is really after you go through the maze of like this sort of esoteric sense of the true labyrinth and meaning of time, when you scale the labyrinth and meaning of time, you encounter every man. And that every point in time is really just happening to you. So we're trying to get to the point of personhood and self and time, and that all spaces really are you. And what does that actually mean? And I want to explore that. If the meaning of this labyrinth is time itself, what is time? Well, time is related to space and how that space is organized. Seems to me that the organization of space is that all space is never the same over time. That when space moves, time's moving, and when space is moving, it's changing. So, and if that's the case, the more time, the more change. However, um, Time is also cyclical and pattern-oriented, so the past is the future for some. The future for some is the past for others, in a sense. However, all in real time, there is just an eternal um, coming onness, and yet you can create different timelines uh, to encounter yourself. And with this um, selection rejection process, within the divergence, within the convergence, and within the parallel, I, I want to say convergence is like choosing to bring it, uh, bring your future into itself, um, and align with um, a timeline that wasn't yourself. And to converge would be to leave a possibility, to go con uh, uh, converge with another one. So to diverge is to converge on another plane. And to converge is to diverge on a different plane altogether. And there's a front and back to those things. And just like there's a duality in life, there's a duality to space and to time itself. And wouldn't we know that there isn't evil perchance, in my view? Or is there evil? It's kind of important to know the distinction between what is it that we call evil. And my opinion is, while you're evil from the vision point of the one who's good, who is on the wrong, right, um, who has the right view, or has situated itself in the right position, doing the right things. And a lot of these, a lot of these positions are if you're a part of the Royal Air Force, or you're English, or you're American, and you have to deal with the Nazis. If you're a part of a certain party, you're the enemy, and that's that's that. What would make something evil beyond simply just being that you are not seeing or are blind to or are in the dark about something? That you're not in the light of things, but you don't know that. So if you don't know, why would that be evil? 
They could be bad, but why would that make someone evil? Because isn't it the case that we all want, we all desperately want to choose correctly. We want to guide the destiny of ourselves and others, and we want to have life be what it should be, or we need to align ourselves with the highest good. And everyone has kind of a different idea on how that is to play out. And people who have misguided opinions on how that is, do they actually see what you mean? And in a sense, they can't. So it has more to do with vision and where you situate yourself within time that will allow yourself to have proper meaning. Because if you're on the other side of the duality, you're not situated in space. Otherwise, you're raised in Germany, your space in time in the labyrinth of meaning is in Germany. It's set there. And you have the same presupposition, even though not the same philosophy as, as the military party of the American. However, that's your sense of yourself. You might as well be a proud American in World War II. But the other foot is, you grew up in space-time in Germany. The Nazi party is correct. This is the right way to go. This is who we need to be. And we have the right enemies. And that's that. And that's supposed to be you. According to this, that's supposed to also be you. But of course, we would not imagine that happening, right? Now, how can there be evil acts? How could that be? Impossible. And that's what's so weird about this is um, every possibility is permitted and every option is maintained and that there is no single point that can determine events. If we knew what these were, we there wouldn't be this. There wouldn't be agencies like this still happening. They haven't gone away. No one's um, taken care of it and washed their hands of all this. It's still happening. seems to me that the only reason why it's happening is because um, people don't know how to overturn themselves. Because, it, you know, don't, don't we always want to be aligned with the highest good? I keep talking in circles, but I just want to reiterate, I suppose. So, if the Garden of Forking Paths is a guessing game about time, how are you supposed to know if you are choosing destinies that, that make you in alignment with the good? Because in some other alternative reality, you're an enemy to your ally, and then you're allied to your enemy. But whether you're converging... Or diverging from timelines will all, we'll all kind of define um, who you actually are and who was the architect of this so it was uh c Pieng, the son of su yi peng who was going through this and investigating his grandfather's work so siu pen was well learned in astronomy so space and time astrology and that's space and time as it pertains to how it affects your personality, how it affects how you behave. And he was an interpreter of canonical books. And canonical books have to deal with how people manifest in history, how they manifest in their own little space-time continuum. He was a chess player. So there's a strategery. There's sort of a um, how do I play the duality? How do I play this game? Because doesn't it seem like when you're playing sports or playing chess, there isn't two people playing. There's really just you playing. You get you sync up directly with whatever's happening in front of you. You just have a different color. It's like over there, over here. So you respond in equal part to each other, and you try to get the best of that one on the other side by responding to how they move. 
they are responding to how you move and you are doing the same. So you're really just fronts and backs to each other. So isn't it weird that there's this double agency and this person wants to get in good graces with the Germans, fake them out and make them believe that that's what he's actually doing. It's actually in the book he says, I want to prove to the Germans that they can trust the yellow man. And so he's doing this, but playing also against them. So he's playing with them in order to play against them. And he's getting the better of them because he found out where to attack to find, to find out where this artillery park was and re relay it to Berlin. And so the intuition I get from this whole situation is um, we, we are playing in response to ourselves, but it's all one self. If all possibilities are selected versus them being chosen at the expense of all others that are not selected, we start to see the problem of diverging and converging in space-time. And wouldn't it be the point of um, the point of view of an omniscient observer that if you know everything, definitely what's going to happen. If you had prophetic insight into what's going to happen, that must happen. If you know that that has to happen, and you know what's going to happen, and you could, you know, all through time, what's going to cause what and what's going to happen as it happens. If that's the case, then there's no rule of free will. You're not choosing. You're just making moves based on things that have happened. Because it must be the case, if, if something knows everything about the future, that you will be doing that in the future now. So in that way, your choices aren't free. You're purely determined, if that's the case. If there's a possibility of omniscience. Because if you knew the future, and you knew how to avoid it, like, I'm just going to not go over to that place, you can alter that. Because if you had knowledge of what was going to be, because... I've had premonition where I've had things in my mind that have happened and they've come true a few hours down the line. If that was the case, somehow my mind knows what the continuity is already. I get a sense of that, which is so weird. It's almost beyond weird to the point where I can't even tell you over there, but I know it's real. And so if I could do something different, if hence if I knew that that was premonition, and I chose to go away from it and not let it happen, like as an inevitability, like choose not to let that happen, then apparently, the, the, yeah, maybe, maybe things can be altered because if things are set before they happen, which apparently they are, diverging from that will still set up another pattern that will make something else happen that must happen. But just having knowledge of that path happening and doing something else sort of means to me that everything else must be set up as well, no, no matter how much knowledge you have of it. Like maybe you having knowledge of that was set up for you to see, and that was supposed to happen, and so that you didn't make that thing happen if you didn't know. So whether you know or not, and whether or not you have the extent of knowing this, will guarantee that other things will happen. So maybe there's so many timelines, it's just so ridiculous. But it seems like this is so loosey-goosey and can be played with, you know? That's what I, I feel like it is, but clearly it's not. I know it's not. So how many timelines are there? Infinite? I gain knowledge of one, I just create one more. I gain knowledge of that, I could create another. And yet from that, that will guarantee to happen. Unless you know, then you can do otherwise. But you have the ability to choose otherwise if you know. But you don't know what's going to happen. You're just sort of going along with what's happening. And you get to live out whatever that was based on whatever has happened. If you gain premonition, then it's based on that too. You pick up some knowledge, 
any itself, any changes. It's kind of weird because if you think about this stuff, you don't really think about what you're doing. You're just kind of like going along with what's happening. You're just joining the dance. But if you actually think about like, you know, I'm going to radically alter my course throughout the day. I'm just going to start doing something. And then in the middle of that, I'm going to be like, you know, I'm just going to not do this. I'm going to do something else. But that's not how you live. And what would it mean to like look at this process and try to throw a wrench in it? Is it just it's all predetermined and then we decide to throw wrenches in it? And then that creates another path. And it just alters, it gives an alternative future. But then that's predetermined because that was going to happen. Are we just like timeline jumping on purpose? I don't really understand, actually. I get the intuition that things are determined. Maybe meddling, maybe free will and meddling is some of the worst things that can happen. Things just need to play their, run their course as they are. Is it because we decided to pick and choose who gets what in some sort of... Um, non-natural unfolding was there some sort of natural unfolding that didn't require any thought seems to me like there's so much uh, chaotic stuff going on a lot of alter alternatives because we were busy purposefully jumping in and out of our our preset modes of being are you happier when you're doing that or are you happier when you're purposefully altering everything and is this timeline hopping a recent thing this control this reflecting on intelligence Almost like we're stepping out of what we're actually doing intelligently and trying to look at it and say, nah, not that, we're gonna, whatever. And a lot of people disagree with you. Seems to me like a lot of people don't know what's really actually happening. They're just like trying to control shit to the point where like, we're trying to make decisions on stuff that you can't decide on. There's no deciding in there. It's indecisive because it's a giant labyrinth that has been bifurcated into all these choices. But do we even have choices? How would I know if I'm actually choosing? Because it seems to me if you might bifurcate one path, you can bifurcate them all. And that's only based on where you are in space time. And you're not everywhere. You can't be. So how could you be completely free? Freedom means always, always the ability to choose otherwise. But once you choose, you can't choose otherwise than what you did. And is it that we're being called to? Are we being attracted through reality from higher... Uh, more involved things or are we just the receiver and we receive and then we from ourselves move into it is it from us that we move into it or is it from all completely outside of us converging on us telling us to move and like giving us instructions to receive and carry out like these greater orders of being like so it seems to me a lot of people want to say that who they are is just what they are inside their skin that they are in command of all this, they're choosing like it comes from them or something. And it doesn't really happen all from without and then come inside. And then what happens there, you receive the message and you carry it out, the instructions, you respond to it. It seems to me there's a greater universe outside that had really built itself into you, but then you're saying you wanna build yourself into it purely from the sense that all you are are is what you are inside your skin and that's just like building up this intentionality so that you can go around completely choosing as if the real you would really have chosen that freely seems like a complete prison in that way it's almost a critique on on self that there isn't one and if you have one all you're doing is destroying it because all you're doing is separating yourself from you and destroying it. And if you do that on either side of this whole situation, there is no self.
because all you'll do is keep annihilating yourself until it's all gone. And you'll be completely lost because you'll always make all these different turns. You'll never be the whole labyrinth. You won't be able to just be like, I know where all, all the turns are. I'm going to go all the way in and out the other side and not be locked into this deterministic framework of space of total uncertainty, awaiting the possibility of, of rather than going left or rather than going right, I would have hit this instead of that, so on and so forth. If you were to run the tape and keep choosing and keep choosing from every point in every uh, point where you can go left or right, every point where you could have done this or that, and you go one way and you go another way, all the possibilities of going that way instead of that way, doing this instead of that, co-creating a different kind of reality with what you're confronted with, and if you were to run 10,000 timelines and they were slightly different and where they chose otherwise that you would run into all all the realities yourself and be all of those from the origins of life itself basically that there would always be a possibility of something turning wildly into something else by divergence and convergence and wouldn't you know that at the end cpn ends up having bad pangs of conscience of guilt and remorse wouldn't it be a front on the self if he were to murder anyone at all, even evil men? Wouldn't it be a possibility of the notion that you cannot deal with something that isn't really you after all, even if it is diverged from your timeline so greatly to the point where you and what this person is and what they have gone through and how they see the world, what they are, what it is, and that this isn't rooted in somehow some some way, something they can't really choose or control because they don't really know and they can't see. Some people express themselves darkly just because they feel like they've been wronged by people who think they are good. So they're like, I'm going to be the opposite of that. I'm going to be how they see me if that's how I am. And I'm going to appear to be bad, which is kind of weird how you'd want to represent yourself that way. But that's what some people do. They represent themselves in this demonic way almost, or in this darker way. And maybe they have made peace with the fact that they are in the dark. Maybe that's a part of the character to, to represent and celebrate that, that they know they're in the dark. And if that's the case, would that bring out the light to know that? Does that mean that some people are good that are in this way? Does it mean they're good? Could it mean that? And could it mean that people that don't want to look at that, that want to represent themselves and fixate on their own light, reject um, the knowledge that they are dark? Because certainly people don't go against in accordance with life. Uh, just just by the basic notion that you have to eat food so you know what's good for you at least to some extent you'd at least have these internal urges to go towards things which are conducive to life that which bears a sort of i guess power to want to affirm life and within this there is a way to facilitate that an appropriateness to that and then a way that is a rejection of that and basically i can't describe how but that's just how i feel you move away from that process and you're not in the presence of the good, whatever that is, you feel worse, things don't work out the same, as if you were in direct contact with that, listening to and receiving the good force. There's got to be like this force of that we're reckoning with, that uh, we're in an alignment with its appropriateness, we do this, and if we are not, we do the other thing, or we don't do it. It's kind of weird like that. And how much of this moral sense that we get when we um, control things and we want and we expect them to go a certain way like it's conducive and life affirming in our opinion and how how far do you balance that out and what decisions do you have to make in order to make that good because certainly nature is just or what they say that god is just but also justice is balance and reciprocity 
and mutual understanding. But we know that isn't the case. That isn't what's uh, normal. Everything's being heavily controlled and commanded. And if that's the case, and you're not in alignment with the good in that, maybe you are, actually are, because there's no justice to be found. It would, it would have to be true. It would have to be good. It would have to be balanced and natural to truly be just. Because we're always, always trying to justify stuff, but we never really arrive trying to justify everything we're doing. If you haven't noticed, we've never really arrived what seems to be an agreed truth for most people. So what does that even look like? It just turns into a labyrinth, I suppose. You know, if we, we eat from the tree of knowledge, you know, Yahweh said they should not eat from the tree of knowledge because then they will become as we are. And it's this sort of um, mind that this plant that confers knowledge. And maybe it's because we've severed and separated ourselves from this that we fell into history. We don't have knowledge of the self anymore. We just are a bunch of scattered labyrinth agencies, players, constantly trying to come into contact with itself again. And that's why people struggle to find God and religion. That's why we have set up all of these things to reaffirm where we are, to try to get, get a, gra a grasp back on what is actually ordained in the universe. What is set there? Is it a weird thing that we had fallen away and severed our connection to this? Does that have something to do with it? And what is the tree of knowledge? Is it DMT? <laughs> is it like a very like important central dietary plant? And are we are we just simply missing you know where we were when we were in this time of Eden? You know, like what was that? Because I know for sure it wasn't two people. <laughs> You know, pretty pretty well beyond that whole idea. But it seems like it's a, a mythology, a story that's supposed to seem to suggest that um, we used to just go along with whatever the omniscience wanted. And then at some point, we broke away and stopped eating from the tree of knowledge, or we escaped the garden, and we defied that, and we deceived ourselves, and we just severed our ties with nature. And we fell into history. And history is a labyrinth. History is the Americans and the Germans and the English in World War II with a double agent from China trying to get into good graces with Nazis in order to overthrow their campaigns. So you get this mess, you get this weird situation. I wonder if this whole rap was fruitful enough, but um, the intuition's kind of there and it's daunting. It's kind of hard to think about. So I'm going to leave off there and I hope this was um, a good talk. If you're drinking wine on your patio, if this was enriching to you, good. I just want to re-remember some of this stuff. Sometimes we just need to re-remember some, some of what it is and um, rediscover what I already know, apparently. Okay? I'll, I'll wrap with you again soon. Bye-bye.